Yeah, y'all already know what it is. Your boy Yako, what it do? The outlet to reality. The hold is podcast in Vegas and Chicago. What up? This is the place where you want to hide from your drama or maybe hide from your baby mama. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyways, fans, thank you for staying tuned. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Cha-ching! And today we have one of the best guests ever. He is my mentor, my best friend. I'll give it up for Richie Hurd. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing great, man. I'm so happy <laughs> to get you, man. Like, I feel like the force didn't want us to, to meet up again. You know, it was too many, uh, you know, the, out, the outside world is, is powerful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Very much so. Right. Well, the law of attraction, it brought us together today. Let's, let's. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Positive, positive. So, so my fans out there, for those who don't know, I'm going to share a little quick story on how we met. So pretty much I had an interview. I had to meet somebody uh, very important. And I got dressed up, looking up, looking at my suit and tie. You know, I comb my hair. Today is a little messy, but it's okay. And I was getting ready, read a little notebook. And unfortunately, he never showed up. So I meet Richie. Richie comes in. He goes, hey, so the guy that you're supposed to meet, um, Something happened. I forgot what. He just couldn't make it. So I'm going to take and lead of the interview. I'm like, all right, perfect. So we get in, we sit down and I'm a little nervous. You know, I, I'm sweating. You know, my palms are heavy. My spaghetti, you know, like I felt like eight mile at this point. And he was asking me a lot of questions and I could tell right away we, we already clicked. I, I just I had a feeling there's so, some stuff I said um it, it just made the conversation smooth and I, I really I was like man this guy's a really cool cat I, I I really feel like he's smart he's wise and I like that and for me personally I get along more with people older than my age then I don't know why I think it's maybe because I have an old soul some people say that but that's just me that's that's kind of reality and, and, and Richie, what about you? What was your first impression when you met me? Because you, you have a better memory, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I, I felt that we connected right away. I think that it's a certain aura that you have. Like, I, I think that the first conversation that we had was philosophical. Remember that um, when you would sit down, like when, when we started the meeting and we were doing the interview, we started we got into this conver got like this conversation about religion and the different sort of you notice some stuff on my like um desk i'm a pantheist by the way and so a pantheist believes that everyone is connected to one another like the um the sum whole of the whole universe um is all connected to each other so like we're parts of the universe experience in itself so david and i like sparked the conversation about just religion and like um the meaning of life and like what's the purpose of life and that's how we bond it oh yeah for sure and i think one thing i remember from that conversation was that i i mentioned about lilith the second wife of eve yes adam yes. Adam, adam and you already knew yeah I, yeah and you share your <laughs> yeah. your point and uh i think that was amazing that a lot of people that not learned the ancient text or the secret text of the of the bible mm -hmm. they never heard of that and yeah. i was so shocked that you already knew about it i i knew it and that's what got us more deeper 
Yeah, yeah. I was also surprised by that, too. Not too many people know about Lilith. And you also knew about the Kabbalah, which I was amazed by. <laughs> hey, man, you know, the, the force is strong. <laughs> no, that's true. And, and for those who don't know Kabbalah in Hebrew, it means receive. Uh, there's different interpretation, but Kabbalah teaches a lot about um, how to change your energy. And, and it's, it's a lot of deep stuff. I, I feel like even now celebrities today, they study mm -hmm. Kabbalah because they like the, the message. And, and um, you know, there's some people, they have a red string. That's kind of a secret to, to those who don't know. You, you studied Kabbalah. It's, it's a little secret, like a string like that. Well, mine's a necklace. Sorry, I got the bling bling. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I used to have it, but it fell off. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. yeah, um, but, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, pretty cool stuff, guys. Uh, ancient text. Um, and, and Richie, I want my fans to get to know you a little bit more. So tell us a little bit about uh, your background. If you were born and raised in Chicago and uh, what school you came from, like what, what did you study? Yeah. So I, I grew up in the Robert Taylor homes, which are the projects they're torn down now, but they were on the south side of Chicago. Forty nine hundred and um, State Street is where they were before they tore them down. So I grew up in the projects and um, started my like curiosity um, in education. Um, I was always the weird kid in, like kid in school, in elementary school. I don't know if you know this, David, but like, you know, the astronaut Macy Jemison, her mother was my teacher. So um, my first um, sort of, um, I would say, thought provoking, like looking into the stars moment was when I met that astronaut, like her daughters. And they came to the school and we saw this like NASA technology. And so I got really interested in science. And so um, I always wondered what was beyond like our planet and it just sparked my curiosity. Um, and so like growing up in the projects, we were really poor um, growing up. And so the only thing that like um, I look forward to was just going to school, learning and trying to understand like how this thing called life works. So after that, uh, my family, we moved out of the projects and then we moved into a house on 95th and Dan Ryan. And I like um, I was in seventh, eighth grade there. Um, and actually, I was in seventh grade when we moved um, um, from the projects. And um, I skipped eight and went straight into high school. So I didn't go to eighth grade. Um, and I went to high school on um, um, at Harlan Community Academy, which is right next to Chicago State University on the south side. Um, hard life, high school, you know how like dealing with the gangs and stuff. It was just like uh, um, very interesting. So I got like picked on for like um, by the gang members and trying to avoid that lifestyle. And I was pl not planning to go to college. And then my mentor, who is um, a Black Panther, came to recruit students at my high school. And I'm just like, I'll get this college thing a try. Like my mother didn't go to um, um, high school. Uh, well, she didn't finish high school um, and she had me when she was like 17, 18. And so um, college just wasn't pushed. Like my family always worked, but like blue collar jobs. And so college was something that we really didn't talk about. So when I met my mentor, I'm just like, let me give this college thing a try. I did the, the application in pencil 
and <laughs> I got accepted to the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. Went there, I had to go through a bridge program in order to get accepted because I did really well like GPA-wise um, in high school, but I scored really low on ACT. Um, standardized tests and me, we just didn't get along. Um, um, David knows, like, I have ADHD. And so, like, tests never worked for me. I was just, like, always, like, um, very book smart, but, like, I just didn't do well on tests. So I got an 11 on the ACT, um, which they say, like, um, all you have to do is write your name to get an 11. I was just, like, really nervous about the test. <laughs> but I had, like, a 3.8 on a 4 point skill, I think, in high school. And I graduated eighth in my class in high school. So tests were just not my thing. So I like graduated from um, UIUC, went to grad school at the University of Wisconsin um, in Madison, graduated there. Um, and throughout that process, just like David, I just worked with students. So I was like a counselor for the program that I went through that helped me get into college. I worked for that program. Um, from the like my second year in college until I graduated. Actually, I worked a year after I graduated. And um, in grad school, I did the same thing, a similar type of program. So my whole like career has just been based on like just helping people get through college. And, and that's amazing. I'm, I'm gonna pick at you a little bit on two things on ADHD and, and, and you helping others. So I have ADHD. A lot of people don't know that. This is actually the first time I, I announced it on my podcast. And I agree with you 100% too that tests are my weakness. I When I took the ACT, I took it three times. I went from a 15 and then mm -hmm. to a 17. And then I finally hit an 18. And then I finally got accepted to go to college. Yeah. And what I learned from my teachers, I don't believe their, their philosophy. But what they told me in high school was, depending how well you do in your ACT will determine how well you do in college, which is BS. I don't believe it because I graduated, um, you know, with my bachelor's in communications, I got the humanitarian award and I've achieved a lot of things, not because of the ACT, because of my, my plan, you know, and, and really pushing school. Now, the other thing that you mentioned was helping others, helping students. You've been, um, um, that's kind of where your career has been going. And so do you feel like you you knew that since the beginning when you were in high school or maybe younger that you like helping others? Was that like part of your, um, I guess, gifts, if I were to say? Yeah, I think that like it's always been like being a kid, I, I think that I always had this innate like um, thing within me just to help people. So I always wanted to like, when people argued, I always wanted to get to the, the root of the problem to try to help them resolve that, like that energy and just like, um, turn it into joy. So in a lot of ways, I, I think, um, I've always had this gift of intuition. So like I can sense when it's negative energy around me, I can sense when it's positive energy around me. And like, I always had a connection to nature and people. And so for me, helping people, it's kind of selfish in a way. I'll, I'll explain why. 
is selfish because when for me i'm empathic and so like uh, this we call it now indigo like these in, these individuals that are very sensitive to in, like energy around us like um if somebody's mistreated or some negative energy around it's like razor blades for us and so like helping people out to resolve issues and helping like people to raise energy to higher states of being helps out people that are empathic because you're around happy people so i don't want to be around sad people <laughs> so i'm doing it for selfish reasons so like when i help somebody out um i feel good from helping them out um so as a kid i would always like be affected by adults that would argue um, I would be affected by like just the environment. So I would just uplift people and try to bring them to higher states of mind, um, just making them laugh. You know how you always used to go and like make um, um, people laugh around you? The same thing. It's the same thing. Like joy is just like an interesting sort of vibration. And so like I've always had like this connection. And so people a lot of times would come to speak to me and tell me there's darkest secret and I didn't understand why people would do this or people would come and they would ask me to use um I'm, I'm also like um I don't know if I should disclose this but I used to practice magic when I was in um um um, um college so I used to like had this innate like ability just to go into nature and just get like herbs to help people and so like friends and family would come and they would just ask me for certain things and like um, to speak to them. And they would just like, it helps me out just to talk. And I think that um, particularly like with certain people, I think it's a gift to just heal. I think a lot of times like people just need to get out a lot of energy that's within them that's like negative things and just having someone to talk to clears it out it's like have you ever seen a pipe that's dirty and like you turn on this like the sink and it just all this like grime comes out but eventually the the, the pipe is clear and the water becomes clear so i think that's just like people so um people that are um indigo or empathic like we just help people clear their pipes that's it. <laughs> no, that's no, that's true, brother. And I want to uh, kind of like pick at your brain a little bit. You mentioned something <laughs> about because I, I love I love when you talk. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting knowledge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so you did say that you used to study magic. Now, for those who don't know, I know Richie for a long time, and <laughs> one thing that I was fascinated from is uh, Wicca, which is a uh, a very old tradition. And, I know a little bit from what you told me uh, that uh, Wicca is uh, has magic, but there's there's um, there's I feel like you can explain it better if you want to. Can you share a little bit about, about Wicca, how you know about spells and stuff? Yeah, I've hung around people that are um, Wiccan. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a Wiccan. I would consider myself just natural magic. Like I've always had a connection. So like when I would like, um, so Wicca is a like a, um, a sort of belief structure where individuals, they utilize components of nature in order to cast spells. So it would be akin to somebody similar to somebody that um, prays that is Christian um, and they're asking God um, to 
answer a prayer. So a spell works similar. Like people, when they hear Wicca or witchcraft, or um, they think it's demonic. <laughs> Right. It is not. It is not like it's just the same thing um, um, in Christianity. Like, what's the reverse of Christianity? Like, they like Satanism or something. Like, that's what people like thought processes are. So, in the world of magic, um, there is no such thing as good or bad magic. It just depends on the intention of the individual that is casting uh, like a spell or trying to, to do a spell. And when I tell people, it's like, you ever heard in like um, the, the, the golden rule, doing to others as you wouldn't have them do unto you, right? This is the same basic sort of um, rule in magic. So whatever you put out, you get back um, times three. So if I tell people like, oh, I want to like, uh, um, a lot of people would come to me. Uh, my um, um, boyfriend cheated on me. I want him to die. <laughs> and I, I tell them, or I, I, no, it was like, I don't want him to die. I just don't want him to be able to be with any other woman. And I said, okay, like, just think about what you're asking the universe for. So if you put that out, that means that it's going to come back to you. So you have to really dislike this person. So what comes back um, to you might be 10 times worse. Like I tell someone, like, for example, they're just like, you wish your like significant other death. So when it comes back to you and the universe has to balance it out. So you're wishing death upon this person, then somebody in your family will die that you care about the sacrifice needs to be balanced out. So I'm just like, it's better just to wish good to that individual, even if they did you wrong, like you perceive them as doing you wrong, you wish them well, because that's what's gonna come back towards you. So I always tell people, um, magic is just energy transference. It's, it's sort of like science. It's a thought of like belief. So. Um, you used to see like around like my um, office when we would meet like all these crystals, right? The crystals have no significant power. I even gave you some, right? It's the belief that like once you put the intention that this crystal is going to protect me, then it does that. It's like focusing your own thoughts, right? So the strongest magic comes from the, the, the person that puts it out. So somebody that is... Um, their faith is strong. Like, let's say, you, you know, the old, like, have you ever looked at a vampire movie and somebody holds up a cross? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, the cross only works if the person has faith, right? Some people have crosses and they don't have any faith. They just think like, oh, it's just like a piece of plastic. But if you believe without a doubt that this is going to protect you, nothing can harm you. So it's the same thing with like witchcraft. Right. And and say one thing I remember you taught me is uh stone called the tiger eye. Yes. And yes. and I remember you told me if if you have one of the piece of that right and I have the other one, yes, you can feel if I'm going through something because there's a connection, like yes. a magnet. Yes. And I hundred percent believe that because I remember there was times that um I was going through something and you gave me a call. And it was the it was the moment I needed somebody, and I, and it was on my my lowest point. And I remember you called me and you helped me out. Like you like I had a feeling 
I had to give you a call and, and you call at the right time. And I, I'll never forget that. And it's really cool. And, and I, I wanted to tell you something. So for everybody that wants to know, this is the biggest question, the million dollar question, um, Rich, I'm going to ask you is, can you put a spell on someone to fall in love with you? Is it possible? There's no such magic to make somebody fall in love with you. There is magic for lust, like to give the illusion of um, um, love, but there is no magic that's strong enough. To, no one can make somebody love them. Like that's just not possible. It's also the strongest magic, right? Love is. So if one loves something so much unconditionally, nothing can harm them. Like, it's something like I know like the, the Harry Potter series is like fiction, but the, the character that is Harry Potter, like that, that character was protected by, um, and I'm just using this as an example, his mother, that spell was a love spell. So that's the reason why that, that, that the uh, Voldemort couldn't touch Harry Potter. And the same thing happens with like um, somebody that you care about, like that tiger's eye that you're speaking of it's the magic is love magic like it connects it's just like a mother and a son like the reason why a mother can tell when something's wrong with their child or son or daughter is because it's a connection like i can feel when my mother is sad i can feel because it's something it's a bond that's created between mother and child so mothers can literally feel when their child is in danger um, the same thing, they, they say twins have the same sort of ability. You see this when they finish each other's sentences and whatnot. So it's a connection. But to answer your question, there, there is no spell that I am aware of <laughs> that can control love. Now, you can make somebody lust after you, but that's, that's not love. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's something different. Can, can can I know where it is? Like, can I know? <laughs> I mean, you open the curiosity. You know? It came out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to get you with the right hook. I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> you said love, not lust. That's different. <laughs> yeah, it's different, but I'm, I'm just curious to know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh man, no, but it, it was good. It was good, Richard. Really appreciate that. And yeah. um, one thing. Well, you... there is a spell to call for like somebody that's meant to be with you. Um, like you can put out into the universe to call from the universe somebody that's looking for the same thing. So I can ask the universe for somebody. I just want. I want to be with somebody. I'm lonely, and so you put into the universe. I'm looking for this person, right? Yeah. with these characteristics so if that person in the universe wish for the same thing it's like a magnet it draws you towards one another now that can happen Ooh, <laughs> but, like... but the aspect of falling in love that still has to be organic and happen naturally <laughs> i like that i like that thank you now I, I, i'm gonna change the topic a little bit i love your background by the way now one of the biggest my favorite film and your favorite film is the matrix mm-hmm and for those who don't know, uh, The Matrix is about a guy named Neo who becomes the chosen one who saves um, the people from Zion. And um, my brother right here knows all those things from The Matrix. 
And so I want to ask you, Richie, what, what big symbols or philosophies that stand out from the matrix? Well, to piggyback on what we were talking about, about love, to quote the oracle, uh, being the one is just like being in love. No one can tell you that you're in love. You just know it through and through, balls to bones. So like, it's that idea um, that um, the matrix for me opened my mind up to something greater. It made me question reality itself. Like we all go through reality when we're looking for our purpose. So when I saw this movie, I'm just like, we literally um, could be in a simulation and not know it. Like life is sort of like a dream. How do we know we're not in a dream, right? Well, people say, well, you wake up from a dream, but like, how do we know that this conversation right now, we're not speaking in a dream? Like, how do we know that this is actually real? What is real? Like it, for the first time, I started to question what is real. Um, and I think that movie opened up the door to that because there's certain things that happen in life that we can't explain, right? And we try to make explanations for it. Uh, random chances, like our meeting, like we met randomly that day, right? <laughs> no, it's it, wasn't, true. it wasn't supposed to happen. Like, so things like that have constantly been like happening throughout my life. I remember a situation when I was younger, it was uh, like uh, uh, somebody on my block doing a drive-by shooting. And like my grandmother, I was looking out the door and my grandmother said, close the door. Exactly when I closed the door, the, the gunshot flew and it stopped right where I closed the door where my head was. So <laughs> it's just like certain things like that. It makes me question um, the, the very foundation of what life is. And so this, this character called the one navigating this system can sort of like a program. He can go through back doors. He can manipulate this matrix um, to be what he sees it um, fit to be like he can manipulate stop bullets like um, 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 do like these acrobatics and like fight these characters and one of the characters that I related to the most in the matrix was the oracle this person that um, told him that he was the one that quote that I just said was telling him that he was the one but he didn't believe it and only after um, and you can go back and look at the movie, David, only after, cause he's just like, I guess I'm not the one he's like, um, and then she said, maybe, maybe you waiting for your next life. She told him, like, just think about it. She told him, maybe you waiting for your next life. He didn't become the one until he got shot and he died. So technically that was his next life. And I just thought that was fantastic. Right. That little, like, um, 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 the, the, what the writers put in, um, into that scene because everything that she said came to be like came to fruition it came um 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 to um it came true and so to answer your question like how it relates to the world of now this is based upon descartes so descartes was this philosopher rene descartes he was this philosopher and um he came up with this idea like that the, the world is not real, that it's like this e evil demon that like is manipulating us and like they have us in these like these vats in our brains and they are manipulating the things that we can see. Now, how could we determine that this is not true, right? So have you ever had a, a, a dream, David, where you are in the dream and you realize you're in the dream 
and you're able to control that dream? Yeah. Okay. So these are called lucid dreams. So the same sort of thing that, um, that happens in your dream, I believe that we can sort of tweak things in life to our advantage, right? Yeah. And this is what I always talk to you about. And we have conversations about this like all the time. I was like, David, work on like your, the, the power of attraction, the law of attraction. Because I tell you that if you are constantly like negative and say like, oh, I missed the bus, like I'm not going to like graduate, I'm not going to do these things, then you make it happen. Like you ever been around somebody that's really negative and they only see just negative aspects, right? Yeah. Um, I talk to people that are negative and they get tired of me because like one of my friends, uh, very negative. And I pick up the phone. Oh, it's raining outside. I was like, well, the, the trees need rain to grow. Flowers need rain to grow. <laughs> <laughs> Everything negative they said, I just made it into a positive. Uh, I'm broke. Oh, being broke is fantastic. I get to talk to my friends. I like I go and just walk and just like I don't need money. I'm just being surrounded by good people. <laughs> I missed the bus. Oh, you like, oh, you were supposed to miss that bus. Maybe that bus broke down um, and um, something happened on that bus. You weren't meant to be on that bus. So something greater is going to come your way. So I always try to change like a negative into a positive because eventually things that happen that are quote unquote negative, you start to see them differently. So imagine seeing everything in a positive light. And I get, I get this from my grandmother. I remember one time the, the basement flooded and it was poop like floating in the basement. So my mother stressed out, everybody um, stressed out. And my grandmother, she came down, she's like, I guess we're gonna be swimming in shit for a while. And I just started laughing. It was just like, she took, <laughs> she just took the, <laughs> the negative and turns it into a positive. It's just like, it's nothing we can do about the circumstances in life. I tell all my students this, anybody that I meet in life, it's nothing that we can do to control aspects of life that happens outside of us. What we absolutely control is how we perceive those things. That no one can take it unless you give it to them. Yeah. And so that's what the matrix did for me. It, it, it made me look at the world differently in, in that, that this is a simulation. Like I'm looking at it as like, life is like a roller coaster. Like sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's fun. Eventually the ride ends, but I want to like, I've learned now that the, the most important aspect of life is just to enjoy the ride. And I think a lot of us don't do that. So to answer your question, that's what I got from the matrix that aspect. So would I take the, the red or the blue pill? And I think about this all the time. And so for those who haven't seen the matrix, the red pill is supposed to give you access to how the world actually is. And the, the blue pill is supposed to give you um, a, a, an illusion, something that is fed to you. I will always choose the red pill, even though it feels like other people are asleep. I feel more free knowing that it's an illusion than believing that it's truth. Oh, that's so deep. <laughs> You're funny, David. No, for real. For real. No, I, I, like, honestly, I, I want to take the pill out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but it's, no, it's good, Richie. I, I really like that because honestly, I feel like in life, we can be blind sometimes. Mm hmm. And we, we like to 
make excuses. That's a big one. And we like to um, say, oh, the reason why I can't do this is because, you know, the government won't let me. I can't do this because, you know, my car broke down. We, we put a lot of excuses and it, it piles up, right? Mm-hmm. And we forget that we're the one who can control our, our life right now, who can, you know, make a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think we like to, that's why I'm very big on this. I, I'm going to, you know, share this. My family comes from a very mixed everything. So, but, but like my mom and me, you know, we're, we're very into the Jewish faith, but some of my family are very Christian. And one of the biggest things that they always say Instead of blaming themselves, they say the devil made me do it. Yes, it exactly. <laughs> I, I I don't know how it happened. I, it wasn't me. It was the devil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like you say that. Like, yeah. like I I I can't believe I I you know I stole it. Yeah. But it wasn't me. It was the devil. Or, you know <laughs> yes, what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. He, he made me do it. No, no. I'm sorry. The devil did not make <laughs> you do anything. If anything, the devil's the best friend in the world. He yeah, would not yeah. make you do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like that's the biggest uh, lie that we were fed since yeah. we were kids. Yeah. Um, because if you think about it, uh, by you making an excuse or blame or one else, you yeah. don't learn yeah. and you can't grow from it. That's how I yeah. see it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. My family is the same way. Um, and my friends that are consider themselves very Christian would say like oh only god can judge but i would see them judging other people and i'm just like you you said only god can judge and you're judging this person um um and you just like the devil made me do it like the devil made me do it like i like i hear these things all the time and i don't understand it for the life of me myself but i think that it just puts the blame outside of the person instead of just taking responsibility because in order to correct something, you have to take responsibility for it. And so like, if it's not my like fault that I'm drinking, it's not my fault that I'm talking about this person. It's not my fault. So I can't, I'm powerless to change it. The moment you accept it, that you are responsible in your own like path is the moment that you can change it. And I think that's the problem. And I even told somebody the way that they were praying was wrong. And they looked at me like I was crazy. Cause I'm just like the universe, um, God would give you anything that you want, right? It's the way in which you ask for it. So when somebody prays and say, I want um, $10, you don't want the $10 because the verb want is like a wish. You want the feeling of wanting $10. <laughs> but what sounds more like, um, like it's actually in the universe, I want $10 or I have $10. I have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so I am like, when somebody prays, like, God, please, um, um, please let my um, bills get paid. Please um, um, let, this, let this come to me. I wish I had this. Instead of saying, um, 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 something different. When I tell people what my prayer is, they laugh at me because I just say, I just say, thank you. (laughs) That's it. Because before I ask, it's already done. 
that's the way I look at it. So when I really need something or like, I like, it's not a desire, just like, I just, I demand it of the universe because that is the gift that we have. But the moment you have doubt and you say, I'm not worthy of this, um, I, I shouldn't have this. The, mo the universe gives you what you want. So if you want the feeling of being poor, that's what you get. <laughs> no, it's true. That's exactly what comes to you. You get the same thing over and over. But if you say, I am rich, I am wealthy, things just come to you. Like I always say, I've never suffered. I've always had what I like, I need it. Um, I've always had any time that I like I, I needed something, it just came. And it's because I just have this expectation of the universe to, to give it yeah. without question. No, it's true. I feel like you, you made a really good point about gratitude. When you have gratitude and saying thank you, like you said, thank you. Yeah. If you start seeing what's around you, like mm -hmm. my, my early meditation that I do in the morning, uh, I try to do all the time is when I walk around outside, I start praying, but I pray a little different. I, I say for letting there to be grass. Exactly. That there's a sun. Exactly. Giving, you know, giving mm -hmm. the plants photosynthesis so they can grow. Yeah. I, I'm grateful that I have a place yeah. to live. Exactly. You know, stuff like that. You start changing your mind. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Exactly. And and then you feel good because exactly. then you realize I'm happy. I, okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy where I am. I'm going to share a quick story about praying. So I heard this story. It's a true story. There was mm -hmm. this guy who's a pastor and after service, a woman would come up to him and pray. And mm -hmm. she's like, pastor, can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah, of course. Next week goes by. Yeah. Woman comes back and says, pastor, can I pray for you? She's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Then he was like, man, it's a lot of times this woman's been praying for me. I want to <laughs> know what she's praying about. Yeah, yeah. So she, he asked her, what are you praying about? Well, I'm praying that that my husband leaves me so I could be with you. And so the pastor got shot. He said, like, I don't want you to pray for me no more. Because <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> Getting too close. And so, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's why I always say you got to be careful what people pray about. You know, I like exactly. to hear what you're saying. You know, I, I don't buy that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I had another time this happened. This is a true story. Another, another it was a family barbecue, right? Uh-huh. And I had a family member who was uh, married to this guy who, I, I mean, I feel like... Um, it's sad to say this, but the fakest marriage marriage I've seen in my life. Okay? <laughs> they talk about God. They talk about the Bible. Well, they never talk about the Bible. But they talk about church and service yeah. and doing good. But they never read the scripture in their life. Yeah. And they always have problems. The the uh, the um, the couple, the married couple, mm -hmm. would one of them leave the house, come back, leave the house get another apartment, move back together, leave again. It, it became a toxic thing. And it's crazy because the pastor, uh, one of their pastors and their psychologist said the same thing. You guys have gone mad. 
you guys are not meant for each other because I'm trying to give you advices and y'all not taking it. So I, I don't think you guys are meant to be, right? So there was a time at the barbecue, right? It was a new pastor. I never met him. And the whole family was there playing, you know, gospel music. And I'm, you know, I'm having a good time. I haven't catch up with my family for a minute. And the pastor says, he gets up. I want y'all to pray for these two wonderful couples, okay? Mm-hmm. This beautiful married couple, and we're gonna we're gonna bless them like never before. You know how they exaggerate sometimes, yeah. like no other, and we're gonna shake the walls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So everybody can hear us. And and he's like, I want everyone to stand up and put your hand to these to this married couple. Yeah. I was the only one that did not get up. <laughs> I said, and everybody looked at me, why you ain't getting up? Because uh-huh. it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> why am I going to pray for a married couple that are a disaster <laughs> to the universe? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you like to eat crap, then, then continue eating crap. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to stop you, but I do not, and that and goes back to faith. Why would I put faith on faith that don't even have faith like themselves? You know what I'm saying? It, it don't make sense. So mm-hmm. I I always stick to that. I always stick to yeah. if I don't believe it like that, like I, yeah. I don't believe it, I ain't gonna yeah. you know support it. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, I've told I told that family, y'all not meant to be. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And everybody's oh my gosh, they're wonderful, you know. Man, they give me a headache just hearing that. I get a headache. And if I get a headache, I got to go to the doctor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then that's going to pile up with my bills. So I, I yeah. try to stay away. It's funny because I have some family members that um, even some friends, too, that said, David, you're going to hell. And I, you know what I tell them? What? I can't wait. <laughs> they say, why? I barbecue every day. You know what I'm they have fresh, they have fresh steak, barbecue on it. They have ribs. They have mac and cheese. You can choose. You know what I'm saying? And, and honestly, this is how I feel, uh, Richie. I know you have a similar opinion that it is connects to the matrix. Right now, where we're living in this universe, yeah. depending on how you feel as an individual, yeah, you can be living in hell right now, or you can be living in heaven, depending yeah. on your mood, your your, exactly. your view, right? Yeah, yeah. Because for me, I'm gonna be honest, no one has gone to heaven and came back. I'm gonna be real. I, I'm still waiting for my letter. Ne- letter never came in. Yeah, FedEx said they can't re- they can't send it out. They're they're working on it. There's a lot of contracts going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, ain't nobody come back. So that's why I feel like. You, you have to live this moment. And, and here's an interesting thing you and I, we have in common. We both believe in reincarnation. Oh, I know. Without a doubt. hundred percent. A hundred percent. I feel like in my old self, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I'm going to be real. My first life when I was here, I was a goat. You know why? Because I hate salad. <laughs> I, I, and you know, it's funny. I, I keep the goatee to bring back my ancestors. So I remember where I'm from. You know, that's why I, you know, I keep it fresh. But honestly, I do believe I was a goat because a goat, they like to swim. I like to swim. I'm very chill sometimes. And I could be loud. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, what about you, Richie? What do you think you were back then? I think we were all everything. I think right now you're just talking to a version of yourself. Like you were air, you were that mic. In order for you to experience everything in creation, you have to be everything. So technically, if you think about it, you're speaking to yourself right now. All the family members that you're talking about, these are all your dramas. You are them, but you are just looking at the perspective of who you are now. So you're just looking through that lens. So yes, you were a goat. You were the grass that the goat was eating. You were the, the, you're the screen. Um, you're, you were everything. It's just like you only perceive this sort of frequency of what you are right now in this, this, this moment. But you're speaking to yourself right now, and I'm speaking to myself. So um, in essence, you were everything, and so was I. And so was everyone that listened to your podcast. They're all aspects of you. So I would say that when you look upon things, like I look at things like the drama that you're speaking about, like family members and all this stuff that you like, I laugh at it now because all you're doing is looking at an aspect of yourself. So <laughs> like <laughs> it's an aspect of yourself just playing out. So I take the advice of like, every being everything has a right to live their own truth whatever they believe it to be even if i disagree with it right yeah. they're just living their truth so i've made mistakes or perceived mistakes in my life but it made me a better person and i, I told one of my students one day because one of my students came into my office and said like i wish i never made this mistake i wish i just this never happened to me and I told that student, I said, you changed that one thing in your history in the past and you wouldn't be the same person that you are now in this moment. Change one thing in the fabric of time and you change who you are in this moment. So everything that happens has a purpose. I don't know what that purpose is, but I think once we leave this form, we find out. So every like sort of vibration that you've ever been will become known when you leave and then you start that process over when you reincarnate so to answer your question um i believe i was everything and i believe so were you <laughs> you just only perceive in this moment in david and i will give you this other thing that all the sort of possibilities you ever saw like that movie um what's that movie that's popular um avengers endgame yeah yeah so, you know, with Dr. Strange, he was looking at all the variables like this. He was doing this. Right. Like he was thinking. So he looked at all the variables of the possibilities. So every possible David, like all the things, all the decisions that you could have made have already happened. And they're already in creation. So you're just choosing. It's a David that is um, a sailor. It's a David that is doing this. It's a David that is married. It's a David this, a David this. All the possibilities that you can experience as David have already happened. You're just experiencing this one aspect, this one line um, of existence right now. Oh, I like that. That's deep, brother. That's deep. <laughs> There's there's a film that you told me too that that has to do with uh also with reincarnation. It's an old film that you told me. I think I don't know if it was from Brazil, but it's ah, a, 
No Celar. Yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. tell a little bit about that movie? Because I, I feel like it connects with this. So, Los, um, um, I, I'm my Portuguese, please excuse it. No Celar means um, our home in Portuguese. And it's basically a movie that talks about what happens when we, 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 we die. And it talks about like the other side and the, when people die, you go through a healing phase and you go through like this process of recounting everything that you did in life and you go through a healing process. And so the movie talks about that. Um, And it's really interesting. um, And I find it interesting. Um, David and I talk about this and I don't expect people that your viewers to, to, to um, believe me or not. It's an experience that I think people need to have. Ever since I was young, I never understood why people were scared of death because I've always seen like when I was a kid, I remember going to a funeral and I'm just like, why are people crying? The person is right next to the casket. <laughs> so I would see like um, people's spirit. So I never feared death because I knew it was something after like life. I don't know what people go when they leave this plane, but I know that you don't die. Like as what we see is die, like um, you, your spirit whatever it is, that energy, I can perceive that energy. And so um, death never really, like, I, like it wasn't a thing that I, like, I feared. Now, I fear the way in which I don't want to go painfully. <laughs> I want to, <laughs> I really go <laughs> in my sleep, something like, like something quick. But as far as, like, um, fearing that it's nothing more, I've never had that. Um, and so that's how I know that this is just, like putting on some clothes temporarily until we go to someplace else. Well, that was good. That was good, brother. So that's what the movie talks about. No, I like it. It's really big because like for in the Jewish world, uh, believe that. Uh, so there's a, a character in the Bible, in, in the Old Testament Torah, where his name was Pinchas or Phineas. And it's a very amazing story, but he technically, um, basically, God gave him a vision, mm-hmm. and he threw a spear, and it killed like a a big leader in the Jewish community and mm-hmm. a woman that he was mm-hmm. making out to. To yeah. he was supposed to, and it killed both of them at the same time, and everybody wanted to uh, execute Phineas Pinchas. And they they felt like he did wrong because he took our leader, someone very important in the community. And mm-hmm. Moses, uh, instead of, you know, he heard both sides. He went mm-hmm. to go pray, pray to yeah. pray and, and talk to God. Yeah. God told him that uh, Pinkas did the right thing and that I will. It says there he will have a long life. And here's a crazy part. You ready for this? So mm-hmm. the Zohar, which is the ancient text that the Jewish people follow, which is the foundation of Kabbalah, which we were talking yeah. earlier, yeah. Um, says that Pinchas will live from that time of Moses mm-hmm. all the way to King David's time and, and further. It says from yeah. the first temple, something like that, belong like 400 years. Yeah. And if you pay attention uh, for the Jewish uh teachings yeah elijah the prophet that 
flew up to heaven. Remember, the memory was like a fire and he went up. Yeah. Is yeah. the same person as Pinchas. So they're a reincarnation. And so we believe in the, in the Jewish world that before the Messiah comes, Elijah yeah. will come first and then um, uh, the Messiah. So that's, that's our perspective is, but mm -hmm. you see, what I'm saying like, um, it, it's a very interesting, a lot of people don't know this, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a secret, it's a secret teaching from us. Cause when you hear the story in, in the Torah, right. Where it talks yeah. about Pinkas, it never said yeah. when he died. Interesting. So he never died. And, and, and um, you can even think about it like this too. Enoch, which is a very, very famous guy. Yeah. It, he also didn't die. He said that God took him too. Yeah. So we can, we can even perceive that Enoch, Pinkas, this is my theory now. Yeah. And Elijah are the same person just different lifetimes. Interesting. So I love that. And, and, and if yeah. you think about it, you go to the, the New Testament, right? Um, yeah. There's a part there where people in the community mm -hmm. said John the Baptist could be Elijah. Mm -hmm. But for me, he ain't. But I'm just saying, they, they, <laughs> they, they, said, they, they were trying to, they were trying to um, yeah. kind of picture him as being yeah. The, the reincarnation yeah. but but me i you don't fit my butt <laughs> but <laughs> he didn't fit the chapter but um but yeah it's, it's a very interesting thing and uh what people don't know too if you if you pay attention to the text right um i know i'm getting a little uh, religious right here elijah was the first person um to actually bring people back from the dead so okay. there's a part where he's helping somebody who was sick and yeah. they died and he brought them back to life. Same thing yeah. happened in the story of Jesus. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking yeah. before you said it. Yeah. What people don't know, and this is yeah. a little little controversial, but I'm I'm I, I, ain't, <laughs> I ain't scared to share it. <laughs> there, uh, there's a theologist, I forgot his name, name but I'm gonna get the name later. I, I like him, he's very um yeah. He won a lot of awards for being one of the best uh, spokesperson for for Jesus, for Christianity and Catholicism. Um, I can't get his name. I got all his books, but he he explains that a lot of the the New Testament has been copied from the Bible. So, like, do you remember? I remember we spoke about this. There's a part where it talks about. You remember about the beast. Mm -hmm. and the and the wings and the thorns yeah okay so apparently john revelation had the yeah. same dream that daniel had now daniel's book came out like three thousand years before the new testament yeah it was the almost the exact same dream yeah about like the uh the end of days there are gonna be wars yeah. Yeah. So my thing is, how the heck did he get the same story? Ain't no way. Yeah. So, yeah. so my thing is, a lot of stuff has been. Um, it, it's sad when people, uh, and I'm telling my viewers, you gotta do research. Yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff has been copied or taken out of the New Testament. Yeah. Um, if you pay attention, um, the first uh, five books of the New Testament—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—yeah. 
if I'm not mistaken, Jesus had 12, not five disciples. Yeah. So what happened to the other books? You see what I'm saying? They all had their own testimony. And what I realized now, I've done my research is when, yeah. when the first New Testament was finally completed, yeah. they had to pick and choose what would, um, how they can control the people at that time. Yeah. The Council of Nicaea, I think. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it makes sense. And, and if you think about now, if you go to the library, any library, you can actually get um, the book of Judah, Philip, the book of mm -hmm. Mary, but it's separate. You, you, it's yeah. just not together. You yeah. Just, yeah. You still do your research. But I yeah. always tell my people like you, you have to. And, and this goes back to the Matrix. Our whole life. Yeah. We're stuck in the box. Yeah. So my whole life, you know, I grew up believing that um you know there's just that's just how it is and we can't explain it no yeah. there's there's a reason yeah. for everything yeah yeah you know what i'm saying so that's yeah. a, it's, a, it's it's like you know what i'm saying like one, one i think the da vinci code did a good thing you saw in the movie da vinci code yeah. right not in a while but yes okay you remember you remember 12 disciples yeah that mary magdalene the the person like her head was yeah next yeah to Jesus. yeah what did tom hanks said he said that's the, the wife his wife right yeah. yeah so so check this check this out there if you read the book of philip and you read the other disciples that wrote their own testimony about jesus yeah. they all said that mary magdalene was his wife yeah and it makes sense because think about it um in order and here, if, if you look at it in the olden days, every every teacher or rabbi in the old days, they all were married. Yeah. In order to become a teacher. So yeah. he had to get married to be a teacher, even though yes. he had a lot of knowledge. Don't get me wrong. He had a lot of stuff that I like what he says, but he, he had to get married. And, and, you know, it's crazy. There is there's a documentary on. On one of the churches, I think somewhere in, in nowhere, like somewhere in Europe, where yeah. they finally realized that they made a mistake in the Bible. Yeah. That Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, but she wasn't. Mm hmm. And, and they felt bad that they messed up. <laughs> so now they consider her a saint. Yeah. I think that. With anything, one should question. I think that a lot of things, like you were saying, it was a lot of books that weren't included in the actual like Bible, um, and a lot of questions that I had growing up that I, that were not answered. I think when you talk about things that are not canon, people get really, really like um, combative, and they like my way is this because I, I remember asking a question because they're like thousands of um interpretations of the bible um because we have a lot of de denominations you got pentecostal you got baptist you got <laughs> i invited um uh, to my um house um it was a couple of mormons that i invited um and we had a, a talk because i'm really like as a pantheist like everybody's interpretation is like interesting to me like um i think god's has like many doors to the the house like it's not just one like path spiritually like i think that everybody's on that journey um to the same place 
but when somebody gets really defensive and is like, no, my way is the <laughs> my way um, is the, the 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 right way. And I'll give you an example because um, I asked this question because the two um, elders that came and they spoke with me, they were just like, if you don't believe in my truth, like from the Book of Mormon, their interpretation, then you go to um, hell. So I'm just like, let's let's say, for example, um, that I'm an Eskimo. I shouldn't say Eskimo. Eskimo is not used. Inuit um, in um, Alaska. Um, and I don't know anything about your, your, your interpretation of Jesus. Would I go to hell? And they looked at me. <laughs> and they were just like, actually, when you die, you get another chance. But I'm just like, it just doesn't make any sense. Why would your way um, be the only way? Um, and why would God, uh, all loving God, all loving God, condemn somebody who's never heard about your interpretation to hell. It just never made any sense to me. And the same thing would happen when I would speak to somebody else about their interpretation of the Bible or um, their interpretation of um, their holy book. They would get really, really scared when I just started to ask questions. And I think that's the problem with a lot of individuals. They're scared to ask questions because they're scared that it'd go against the grain of like the people that um, are in their church or in their religious belief that it would make them angry or it would um, discount their faith. But I think when you question something, you make your faith stronger. Like that's just my that's just my interpretation. Like I'm happy when somebody brings something to 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 me and it makes me think more. Um, because I t I told somebody when we we were talking about Lilith earlier, I said Lilith is in the Holy Bible, but you think that you're talking about Eve, but it's actually Lilith. <laughs> and people get really scared. They're just like, no, no, no. I'm just like. When they were putting the book together, Genesis together, it they mixed several like stories of Genesis together. It's not one like story. <laughs> it's like several. They pick pieces to put there. But does it take away and say like everything in the Bible is like incorrect? No, it just makes you question. You have to look at the 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 the, the time period in which it was written. Like um, some things were not written until years later because it was oral tradition but some people get really angry when you say that so i like to to piggyback on your point i think that that's how we connected you were very open-minded even when you talk about the kabbalah i don't think that's nor like the canon is not accepted um by everyone in judaism is it not <laughs> like so so here's our thing i'm that's a great question because i always wanted that so, like <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it to you, to you. so so uh, is something that is only taught, and, and I'm going to be real with you. We have this saying, so there's two different types of Kabbalah. There's the Kabbalah Center that's very popular, that mostly celebrities, they follow, the Hollywood stars. And then there's the Kabbalah, the, the traditional Kabbalah, which is comes from Zohar. Now, the Kabbalah Center is very similar to the Jewish faith, but they kind of like, it's a it, think of it like a made up 
uh, religion in a way where they have their own creed, they have their own their, um, set up and it's not traditional. Like mm-hmm. it's not the, the way how we do things in the synagogue. They have their own little taste yeah. and anybody could study it. That's, that's yeah. kind of their thing, but there's a lot yeah. of some misleading stuff. So yeah. with the Kabbalah that I'm talking about, the, the traditional one, yeah. the Zohar, yeah. um, in the Jewish faith, technically you have to be at the age of 40 to study kabbalah and the reason why the they age say of 40, 40 yeah, yeah you know yeah. why because they say at 40 that's yeah. when you are um they say you're wise and you you are now in a new chapter they kind of it's kind of like you're young again but 40 okay. they say is, is a magical number and you are ready to get deeper in your thoughts like and more in another level yeah. and it kind of makes sense because in, in the zohar it, it has a lot of stuff that's a little confusing a lot of like deep stuff and mm-hmm. for you for well, i feel like it's a little hard to understand but so for me growing up i'm gonna be honest my one of my closest mentors as well she was a teacher um she she taught us torah uh her son was a big um a big member of the Jewish faith. Uh, yeah. And she would teach me little stuff of the Kabbalah growing up. And mm-hmm. just because I was so interested, I always wanted to learn from her. She would share a little bit of something. So yeah. that's why I know m- more and I shouldn't learn so yeah. much because like I said, like I, 40 yeah. is a magical number. You're ready to learn. And, and it's amazing because yeah. um, my cousin, you know you know just turned 40 as well yeah. uh also saying you know him henry henry so yeah, yeah. He, he when he turned 40 he was so happy he he bought the whole zohar just like i think 12 volumes and he bought them. volumes yeah yeah it's yeah. real nice it's, it's kind of like think of it like um uh it has like I, I mean, I, I never read the whole damn, to be honest. I, I probably read like a couple pages, but my, my cousin Henry actually like read the whole thing. It took a while, but when he turned 40, he, he was so happy and he was like, man, this is the moment that I've always wanted to learn. And anybody could buy it, by the way, if you're 40 out there, you want to learn the Zohar, they have an English inspection Hebrew. Um, it, it's really, it's, it's nice and big. And the way we do in the Jewish faith is when you finish reading the first volume, e- even yeah. if it's the first volume, you have a big celebration, you have a party because you finally finished it <laughs> and uh-huh. you should feel happy that you did it. Um, so yeah, it's a really cool thing. Um, I don't know if they have cassettes. I don't think so, but yeah. it, it's a very, very interesting text. Um, National Geographic, they did a few uh, episodes on it and the History Channel, my bad, the History Channel. But okay. it, it talks a lot about mysticism, mystical system. I don't know how you say it. Mystic- mysticism. Mysticism. So let me ask you this. Is it more mysticism to, to, to me means like... Um magic is it that type of mysticism like connecting to to because when you say mysticism it makes me think of so it's like you you sparked my interest right now oh yeah it's it's i'm in my 40s right now so congratulations (laughs) congratulations (laughs) you just won that's it (laughs) so the thing what i'm i was trying to say um it's it 
for a lot of people is different, but for what I've heard is that you're able to communicate to different dimensions, like angels. So it's different. Nice. Yeah, this This is is different. This is a whole different level. And um, the way that they used to read it back in the days is that they would actually have a bucket of ice with water on their feet and study it at night. And because they wanted to, you know, keep reading and it it does work. I've tried it before where not reading Zohar, but I read the Torah and I, I put like a bucket of ice and my cousin cousin it together. We put a bucket of ice in our feet. It was so cold. And um, we started studying. We were studying together. And you're not going to believe this. We stayed up for a good four and a half hours just studying mm-hmm. without feeling tired. And mm-hmm. that's how they did in, in the old days, you know, just to mm-hmm. keep yourself awake without caffeine. And uh, it's, it's a cool technique. But like I said, if you really like mysticism, uh, a great mm-hmm. book to to learn. And, and like I said, you're you're 40, you're in your 40s. So this is this is the best time. And you can actually now when you read it, because they're, they're going to mention a lot the word Kabbalah, you're going to know from because I'm going to be honest, I didn't know this until I got a little older. I was learning too much about the Kabbalah Center, which yeah. I, which with everybody knows is more universal. Yeah, um, that's that's learn. And I didn't know that wasn't the right way. Think of it like a cult. It was like kind of like yeah. a cult. And I didn't know yeah. that. Um, uh. So that's why I kind of stern away. And then when you read this, that actually came first before the Kabbalah yeah. Center. Okay. You start getting more deeper. I would love to hear your input, brother. Uh, when we when I have you back on, to to get what your 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 feedback. Yeah, you know? I'm I'm interested in it. Like, but I don't have the same amount of background um, in Judaism as I do in Christianity because I grew up in um, that. But I would, yeah, I definitely want. That's very interesting to me. Like, it sparks my interest more so than. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my Christian roots. I, I love mysticism and I love like, um, especially when you talk, start talking about like higher dimensions and like um, parallel worlds. Cause I, as to sum up our conversation, like I, like I believe that this is just a, uh, what is real. I don't, I think this is an aspect of creation, but I think it's more to it than we perceive. Um, I don't know if we've never had a conversation about astral projection. That's something that like um, I started meditating and I, I, I was successful twice in that. And what is that? So astral projection is when you meditate and you're able to come out of your body. So I've only been able to do it twice. Um, and it was cool. Um, I was meditating in my room and I came out and I walked. I came out of my body, but I didn't know I was out. And I'm just like, I was looking um, on the ground. And I'm just like, why can I see through the floor? I was able to see through the floor to the neighbors down below me. And then I was looking out my window and I was able to see through the walls. It was the coolest experience that I've had. And then I got so excited that I shot back into my body and I like, I, I got up. And the other time I did it, I meditated and I came out my body and I was thinking I wanted a cup of coffee. So I went to Starbucks and I'm walking around Starbucks, but it's just, <laughs> it's just, I'm like, um, nobody could see me. I'm just walking around. I'm just like, oh, I'm at Starbucks. And then a portal opened up to another world. And I walked through the portal 
and I saw these creatures. Um, it was like a different world. And I got excited again and I came back to my body. So like those are the two times that I did it. Um, and I haven't been able to do it again. You have to be in a really um, peaceful state of mind because um, the first stage when you start meditating and you want to come out, your body starts to vibrate and then you you hear it and your body like you're like, um, I wouldn't say soul, like your energy comes out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's it's an interesting experience. It's a lot of um, um, you should try it. It's a lot of videos on it. It's books on it. And when you speak of the Kabbalah, it sounds like this same technique is used. Um, wow. One of the most experience, like the eye open experiences that I've had. Wow. And, and can I ask you something? I've had one time. This only happened once. I was in my room and I was sleeping, but I could I, I somehow was still awake. That makes sense. And yes. I was being I was being choked. That's the first stages of um, astral projection. You just got scared. Yeah. So the first stage is like you feel like you're like something's on top of you. And then like you can't be scared because it's they call shadow people. Like when you're scared, then they come around like um, and try to make you scared because they get power off of you being scared. So you you have to realize that um, you're very powerful. Like when you come out, like nothing can hurt you unless you allow it to hurt you. Right. So, yeah, you should try it. If you if the Kabbalah speaks about like this sort of thing, like different worlds, communing with angels, um, because some of the um, I told you I see spirits. Right. Yeah. Um, so um, I've also seen like when I was young, I was scared because I would see like um, bad spirit. People would call them like, I thought I was possessed because people would call them demons. Like their face, it would just scare me. But it was times where I would see like what people call angels. And it was like just being surrounded by pure love. Like, I don't know how to put it into words. It was just like beings that are so like beautiful and they just like in, the presence of them, you just feel like love. Yeah. I don't know how to put it into words. So like there are advantages and disadvantages. I have to be in the right mindset. So I can't, it's I like when I tell people like your vibration, like the way you perceive the world, like if I get depressed, it just surrounds me by more negative thing, not just negative people, but negative spirits. So like I, I have to meditate in order to surround myself with more positive beings um so yeah so the kabbalah really interests me <laughs> no that's amazing brother i'm, I'm happy to share you know <laughs> yeah yeah I, what let me ask you this before we end like what is the name of god in hebrew like what does it translate to so te 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 <laughs> if, if you don't know <laughs> oh i i got you i got you it's, it's, it's in hebrew it's it's yod hey vav hey and it's a very, uh, it makes the number 26 when you add them up. Now, it doesn't have any vowels, so no one can okay. pronounce it. Now, English, eventually, whoever came up with the first Bible in, yeah. with the New Testament, yeah. they added Y-H-W-H. Okay. And then they were like, all right, we're going to add vowels. So they got Yahweh. Yeah. 
but for us Jewish people, because we now, now every now people that are, I would say that are conservative or yeah. reformists in the Jewish world, they will say Yahweh. Some yeah. of them, um, but for us in the Orthodox community, the yeah. Jewish uh, side, they will say Hashem, which means in Hebrew the name that cannot be said or the name that that we cannot pronounce, which is ah. You see what I'm saying? It's kind of like it's kind of like Harry Potter, where they were afraid to say Baltimore. Yeah. They said yeah. he who must not be named, but we say okay. he who we cannot pronounce. You know what I'm saying? We just okay. can't because there's no vowels. We believe that's the most powerful. Uh, name so when we meditate there's a lot of times um you uh in the jewish world we would meditate close our eyes breathe in and but we'll, we'll say in our thought yod hey say that the letters right yeah and it will help us get into that inner peace it's something i learned from a, a, a orthodox rabbi uh growing yeah. up when i was young and I, it, it stayed in my brain. It's something that sticks yeah. to me. So that's that's for us. That's how we say it. And I, I like that better. Uh, but I always thought I was told it meant like I am that I am. The translation. So there, there's now I'm gonna get to you. So there's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of names. I'm gonna be honest. There's yeah, a lot okay. of names that okay. that God has in the Bible, right? So okay. The the name, if I'm not mistaken, is is uh I. So there's so many names I, I gotta get I gotta get back to you with that one. But a lot yeah. of time his sorry for throwing this at yeah. you. I didn't know no, you, you got me you got me with that right hook, the rope, the right hook. Cause I know so I'm gonna give you the three names that I know. So the the first one is Adonai, uh -huh. Elohenu, that or Elohim. That's a that's I've a, heard that one. Okay, and okay. then there's uh Anohi Hashem, which means Anohi Adonai or the I am the Lord. There's that. Okay. Uh, the one you said, I, I, if I gotta look into it more, that one you got me because I, I've heard it. I think it's, uh, yeah. I gotta. I don't want to say the wrong name, but yeah. So we, oh, yeah. we do have different. That's names. the one. That's the one I'm curious about. Yeah. Forget it. Don't worry. I'm. I, I got you <laughs> next episode. I, I, I add in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, it's good. But brother, I wanna, I wanna pick at your brain. We're gonna have a little trivia question. Big question. Okay. Of the day before we wrap it up. The big trivia question is, do you believe that blood is thicker than water? No. And why is that? Because I think everything is like all the people that we meet. I think you can have um, a strong connection to someone that is not blood related. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, um, a father that has a child um, that doesn't stay in that child's life throughout their life. And they come back years later and say like, um, hello, son. I don't necessarily believe that is a father. I think father is and mother or any parent or guardian is the time that you spend with that individual and understanding who they are as a, a being who they are as a person and the, the, the time that you put into that, that, that being the time spent. So to me, like when one says blood is thicker than water, am I obligated to, to, to this person because we're connected by our genes? Like to me personally, I would say some of the closest relationships that I have are some of my friends, because I, I have this belief that 
we don't choose the, pe- the, the family we're born into. Um, so I accept my family for who and what they are. I, I didn't choose to be born into the family, at least not my perception, but I choose my friends. So I expect more of my friends than I do of my family because I'm choosing my friends. So in a lot of ways, I would say my friends are closer to me than um, people that I'm connected to by blood. Not to say that you can't have those same sort of connections with the people that you're connected by blood, but I don't necessarily believe that um, someone connected by blood is like at the top because they're connected by blood, if that makes sense. No, it does. I, I think that's what we have in common, you and I. So I feel like with my father, right, He's he made me, right? If it wasn't for him, he made me, but he didn't do his part of being a father by being in my life. So I don't like him as, um, as, you know, even though he's my blood, yeah. he's not really family. Yeah. You know, he just, he, he kind of, it's sad to say this, but he was pretty much like an ATM. He went in and out like an yeah. ATM. Yeah. He, he didn't stay in, wait until it got downloaded. You know what I'm saying? He just yeah. put the credit card in and he dipped. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I feel like that's that's kind of how I see life. A lot of people in my life, especially you, Richie, I'm, I'm going to put you out there. You not only you're my mentor, but I feel like a lot of aspect I did. I do see you as like a, a father figure that's that I can go to if I'm, I'm struggling, if I feel trapped, if I feel alone, I feel like I need somebody to to be there for me. And, and you see me in all different stages of my life. You know, you see me when I was dating, dating for a long time and I wasn't dating when I, there was a lot of things that, you know, that you, you seen that my father has not even experienced, not even a glimpse. That's why I feel like, um, you know, you are a very uh, special person in my life. You are my family. And, and see stuff like that, you know, I, I always, that's why I always tell my mom, like my mom, she's very into that old school that know your blood is, is, mm-hmm. is, is everything. No, they're, they're not mom. And, and it's hard to explain it to my mom that you, you can pick and choose who mm-hmm. you consider family. Yeah. At the end of the day, no yeah. matter, no matter if they're my blood, it don't, it don't mean for me, it don't mean nothing. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's great. They're in my yeah. DNA, but yeah. I mean, I just won't date them, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but that that it's don't mean nothing. Man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like you have to hear thing that you know. Even though my dad wasn't really big in my life, one thing I can definitely say that my dad did teach me that I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. He said, "For every relationship that you have in your life, he says, think of them as a seed." Okay. Mm-hmm. And he said, put water on that, on that sea, right? In the bowl, mm-hmm. it starts growing like a plant. Mm-hmm. And so he said, the moment when you stop watering the seed, the plant dies, just like a mm-hmm. relationship. If mm-hmm. you stop keeping contact with your, your friends or family, it starts dying. It, uh, the relationship starts dying. They forget about you because you didn't keep that connection. So that's one thing I, I think I like is I treat every relationship that I can that, that means something, something 
as mm-hmm. a seed that I plant, I nourish mm-hmm. and it grows beautiful. Mm-hmm. But the moment I stop losing, I lose connection with them. The plant dies, mm-hmm. it's weaker and it doesn't prosper. It doesn't yeah. grow. Yeah. So that's how I see it. But, um, but yeah, brother, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, and I love your answer by the way. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm And I will give you one more bit of advice before we go. I would say that as you get older, um, relationships are going to, nothing is forever. Like I have friends that we don't communicate the same way that we communicate when we were younger because they have lives, family, but I still have love for them. So like, as you get older and like you, you have family and you have other obligations, you may like separate from people doesn't mean that you don't have a connection with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I would say. Things change in life. I put something in the chat that I want you to check out too. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, bro. I'm going to check it out. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, so real quick, guys, I'm going to uh, wrap it up. This is the outlet to reality. The holders podcast in Vegas and Chicago every Tuesday. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Cha-ching! You know where to find me. I'm on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, the outlet to reality. My TikTok is at Yakov28, and my Snapchat is Take One Pass It. And Richie, where can my fans find you? I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I ain't got one. Uh, the, <laughs> the Matrix took it. No, no, the, the Matrix took it. <laughs> oh, man. That's too funny, brother. But I, I appreciate you coming, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me, sir.